How are we all? It's great to see everyone. Everyone have a good week. How good is it to worship God, hey? It just really, like, um, you come from a place of stress or pressure, and, you know, nothing changed in your circumstances or the things that maybe that are going on in, in the background, but when you worship God, it's as if, like, well, you, what, you've, what you're doing is you're inviting God's presence into your life, into the center of everything you are and what you're doing, and He takes... He, is, he becomes Lord when you acknowledge He is Lord, but we acknowledge Him as Lord. He comes and takes His rightful place in our life. And suddenly, you know, like I said, things might not have changed, and yet you sense the peace of God on your life and on your heart, and it's good for your soul, isn't it? I just want to share a couple thoughts, and we want to just, you know, share a, a couple worship songs this morning, something just a little bit different. Um, but like I said, welcome, welcome everyone on Zoom. It's wonderful to have you, and hopefully you can kind of capture what we have here in this room, and it's, it's so special. Um, but I just want to talk today, or I want to share more than preach, um, and give us an encouragement to a, a call to worship. I call this a call to worship. Let me just take this microphone off. That's better. Now I can actually see my notes. <laughs> I've called this, I guess, encouragement or sermon, a call to worship. And today I want to remind us, church, of the importance of making worship and praise a regular part of our life. Regular, you know. Um, now, there's a difference of, um, you know, dear Lord, thank you for this day. You are so good. Bless this day. Bless the hands that prepared the food. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm, I'm not talking about that kind of, you know, praise and acknowledgement to God, but I'm talking about a place where you set aside and you don't have to be a good singer. I, I love how Joe was describing a second ago, you know, about her dancing skills. And by the way, I think she does okay. She's doing um, some um, uh, classes now at um, Club Lime, and, and, and it requires you to dance, and you're doing very well. Sorry I've embarrassed you there. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, whether it, you're, you're a singer or not, or you're a muso or not, it doesn't matter. You know, just the fact that you can, um, in your own words, articulate worship and praise to God, that is precious in itself. And just spending some time, you know, um, I know I start my day with, before I jump into the whole bunch of needs that I feel like I have to pray for, I just thank God for who He is to begin with. Just worship His holy name. There's no one like you. You are mighty. You are powerful. You are King of all kings. You are Lord of all lords. There is no one like you. You are our Savior, Jesus. Holy Spirit, you are a counselor, a comforter, you are a friend. You are close to us. You never leave us nor forsake us. I begin to just worship God and just, and you know, it's, it's amazing when you can try and get creative with, you know, um, you, it's not a planned prayer, but it's like I'm going to put my mind upon worshiping and praising God for a moment. And you begin to just focus in and 
Think about the things that God has done in your life. Think about the, the things that God is and how great He is. And you just begin to praise Him and worship Him. And, you know, you take that time, that moment. And I'm telling you, it establishes His presence in your life like nothing else. You know, like I said, we've talked about prayer. We've talked about the Word. And, it's, and, and, and absolutely, that's, this is not taking away from it. This is just adding to it. Worship. It's a beautiful part of what we can do as human beings to connect with our Creator. We are created to worship the Creator, our God. We do that in the expression of worship. So we just did it right now in the service. We did it by raising our hands. We can do it by bowing down. We can do it with hymns and spiritual songs. That's the expression of worship, you know. Um, like David got undignified and he danced before the Lord, you know. And by the way, I, you know, I know his wife had something to say about it, but I think it would have been very powerful, in my opinion, a mighty warrior, you know, becoming undignified before his creator. Like nothing matters right now. Nothing else matters because end of the day, it's just end of the day, church, it's just us and God. That's all it is. You know what I mean? When it's all said and done, and so David had that moment of revelation that it's just me and my God, and, and the rest of you can just watch me have this moment with my God. And it's a beautiful, beautiful part of life when we, you know, whether it's, um, I know some, I've heard some, you know, in this church, they talk about putting their music up nice and loud, and sometimes that helps if you're not a vocalist, so that, you know, um, you can't hear the, your not great singing or whatever, but the music, you turn it up and then you just scream and, and, and worship God with the music. Whatever, whatever it is, however you express worship, or maybe it's been a little while since you went into the inner courts and stopped what you're doing and said, God, I'm not going to come here like, a, like to a genie and present to you a whole bunch of needs. And by the way, of course, God hears our needs and, and He knows what we have to say before we even say it, of course. But I'm not, I'm not here for any other agenda but to, as the creation, in my, you know, limited way perhaps, offer up worship and praise, raising the hands. It's a powerful part of worship, bowing your knees putting some worship music on and sitting quietly in meditation and focusing in on God and how good He is and thanking Him for your salvation, thanking Him that He redeemed you from your sin. And if you haven't had that experience yet, by the way, we will give you an opportunity at the end of the service. But Psalm 95, 6 says this, Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. Not just from my words, more importantly, the Word of God, our expression of worship, how we are able to connect with our Creator. But we also have the opportunity to worship God in our deeds, in everything we do. As Joe was sharing, everything. Colossians 3.23 says, And whatever you do, do it heartily, as to the Lord and not to men. Because as I said, it's us and God, at the end of the day, your rightful response, church, your rightful response 
my rightful response as the created is to worship God with everything we are, with everything we have. And when we don't, you know, Joe and I always talk about balance in life. When we, when we don't, when we lose that part of our life of not entering into worship, for us, even as a marriage, we lose our balance of, you know, who we're meant to be on this earth. And that is worshipers, connecting with our King, with our Lord, offering up our praise and our worship. Romans 11.36 says this, For of Him and through Him and to Him are all things, to whom be glory forever. Amen. It's all about Him. It is all about Him. The act of worship, church, what it does is it invites God's presence into our lives. There's nothing more powerful than offering up your worship. And, and, and it's not always coming from an easy place, okay? Sometimes you may be tired. You may be, like I said, carrying things. But when you enter into, the, into His inner courts with a heart of spirit and truth coming with everything you have, you're inviting His presence into the center of everything you are, everything you do. You say, Lord, I don't want to do this life without you. Come and reign in our house. I know, like I said, for our house, it's always a good place to be when Joe and I are worshiping. It's always a freeing place, a place where our children love to dwell because it's the presence of God. And His presence is beautiful and it's liberating and it's for every one of us. Like I said, for Joe and I, worshiping God has always been the most powerful way of regaining perspective, finding peace, and bringing us together, heart and soul. The truth is, church, everybody worships something or someone. That's the truth, right? We are all worshiping someone or something. 2 Timothy 3, 2 says this, and it convicts you here. It says, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, choosing their own path, essentially. I don't need to bow down to this king of kings or lord of lords. I am king. I am lord. You might not say that you believe that, and yet the way we live can actually be that. We're bowing down to ourselves rather than to the king of kings and to the lord of lords. Joshua 24, 15 says this, And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that, that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will worship Him. We will praise Him. And like I said, church, this is never meant to be a condemning talk or anything like that. If anything, I, you know, like I said, whenever we bring a word, you'd agree with me, Joe, that it is the Holy Spirit prompting our hearts first to come back to the place um, to connect with our first love with Him and nobody else. Love Him like nobody else. Worship Him like nobody else. 
This last psalm I'll, I'll, I'll read, and then I'll hand it over to Joe. We're going to share a bit of a song, a bit of a testimony, and, and um, we'll go from there. But Psalm 150 says this. Praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty firmament. Praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise Him with the loop and harp. Praise Him with the uh, timbrel and dance. I'm sorry. Praise Him with stringed instruments and flutes. Praise Him with loud cymbals. Praise Him with clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. We're instructed to praise the Lord. And if it's not something you have done, I encourage you, church, um, with all my heart, that you, even if it's for a couple minutes, find a place and enter into His courts. And don't, don't be there for any other reason but to worship Him. And you know what? At first, it might be like, okay, I've said my loop of praise words. You're holy, you're awesome, you're mighty, you're powerful. You're holy, you're awesome, you're mighty, you're powerful. But the more you do it, your vocabulary <laughs> expands. The more you come into that place of worship, you know, you, you've gone from your default words to the deep utterance of your inner man, the spirit man, who wants to connect with his creator because that's the rightful place for each and every single one of us. Amen? Joe? Uh, yes, here. I just want to, cap before I share a testimony, I want to just add to what Dave was saying about, he just read from the Psalms, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. You know, uh, worship and praise, although very similar, are slightly different. And we can all worship God in the way in which he's gifted us to worship him. But we're all commanded to praise the yeah. Lord. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And in the Old Testament, when the Israelites would go out to battle, they would send Judah first. And Judah, the tribe of Judah, Judah literally means praise. And Judah would go first and they'd beat the drums and they would send the musicians. And what a powerful image, you know, yeah. that praise would go first before the battle. Praise would go first and then the battle would be won and the battle would be fought and won in the Lord's presence. And Tracy and I were just talking before the service started about even physically speaking, when we sing, and when we declare things, whether we're good singers or not, just biologically, when we sing, we have to use our breath. Yeah. And there is studies that show that anxiety is reduced and depression is reduced when we sing and use our breath. That's not a coincidence. That's yeah. almighty God's creation. Yeah. He literally gave us a method and a way to lift ourselves in his presence yeah out of depression, out of anxiety, proclaiming and singing with our breath praises to our God. And if you need some inspiration, well, what words can I say to praise God? Just open up your Bible to the book of Psalms, start at Psalm 1 and just keep going. And I'm telling you, you have more words than you can say in one go yes, of how amen. wonderful our, our Father God is, how much He loves us. And you, you declare, you declare what I do when I praise, I declare His promises, yes. I declare His goodness, I thank Him for His faithfulness and His attributes and how good He is. And just like David said, when we praise God, our perspective is changed. And it doesn't matter 
what the circumstance is. It could be something small and annoying. For example, me at home, getting irritated with the kids, you know, whatever. Okay, let's put the praise music on. Let's turn it up loud. And my perspective is changed because suddenly my focus is on God. Or it could be something life and death orientated. It could be, it's outside Darius over there. It could be really big, bigger than you and I. And it can only be dealt with in the Father's hands. And even in those situations, we declare God's goodness. We declare that his will is perfect. Regardless of my desires and my wants, your will, not my will, God, your will. And we declare his praises. We declare what the word says. That's praising. And we do it with our breath and with our song. And so on that, I want to share a song now with Dave. I think we did share this song a long time ago before we came here permanently when we were visiting from Penrith. It was a while ago, but we'd love to share it again. And this song is called Faithful. And this song was written in two stages. Um, When I was a many, many years ago, a young teenager. Um, I remember hearing a a sermon preached by my father on calling your darkness night. And this isn't some new age, you know, positive power, positive thinking. This is, you know, from the Bible, taking the authority and claiming that season, you know, weeping may last for the night but joy will come in the morning and giving it a time frame like yes this is hard yes Yes, this is a night season yes I feel like I'm not going to make it Uh, but this night has an end to this this is not forever this Mm. is not eternal my God is eternal and he is bigger than this he I am going to outlive this I'm going to outgrow this and giving it a, a boundary so calling your darkness night and I remember thinking oh that's that's great inspiration for a song and so I started to write a song and then, I, I don't know, years, years went by and didn't do much with it and got married and have children. And as I've shared many times before, went through that very difficult stage of my life where I was the lowest I'd ever been in my life. And there wasn't much I could say. You can t- ask Dave, I didn't talk much. There wasn't a lot of talking coming out of my mouth. There wasn't, I didn't want to talk to people. I don't want to be around people. But when the kids would go to bed late at night and it was just, I could just sit there with the piano I would, and it, was, it started just soft, I would just declare these words from my heart. I would start to lift up praise because it was a battle that had to be won. And so I started to lift up praise, whether I felt like these words were true or not, that didn't matter. Feelings didn't matter. I was declaring. And often when you praise and you worship, you declare, your feelings will catch up, okay? You just go forward with, with or without the feelings. They, they tag along. They're not in the driver's seat, okay? So declaring these words. And the second half of this song was written. And so I want to share that with you now. Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 9, this is the scripture for this song, says, Therefore know that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God, who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandments. And then, of course, I think it's Psalm 30. 30 verse 5, I think it says, and you know, his anger lasts for a moment, but his mercy is for a lifetime. And weeping may last for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Amen. You cover me 
Yeah, worship is a wonderful way, like I said, of being able to just express who we are. You know, God knows it all. And um, the next song we want to share is one that means a lot to me as well. And I might have shared this before in the church, I'm not sure. But, um, you know, similar to Joe, it was a difficult season. And I'm not here to, you know, glorify the difficult season. Um, it's, it's what God does in the season that you go through that I want to glorify, you know, because God's at work 
in each and every single one of us. And I would rather be a proactive worshipper than to be somebody who's broken. <laughs> and then I realize, oh, wow, I've missed it. I need to come back to the presence of God. I need to worship God. Um, but I guess in this moment of my life, before this moment where the Lord got my attention, I, I think I just kind of, you know, uh, begun to live life a little bit too confident in who I am as a person and, you know, believed that I was able to take on more than I actually could and just thought I was bulletproof, really. Um, Joe will remember that season. It was just like, I can do anything and um, didn't mean to become proud in that, but it was until, you know, I got hit with um, this moment of just feeling absolutely broken and not having any confidence at all um, that I realized, mate, you've got you to be um, dependent upon God in your life. You can't be carrying a bunch of burdens and things that you put on yourself, right, believing that you can carry it all. You've got to come back to God and you've got to, you know, give Him the things that you try and carry, the things that you are not designed to carry. You need to go back to Him and you need to give it to Him and lay it down. And I know, um, you know, I love the scripture that says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. That's the truth. When, when you come into that place of worship, you get that, you have that perspective, the right perspective, and you take off that heavy yoke, that burden that you're not meant to carry, and you replace it with, you know, this freedom that only comes from Him, that comes from a place of absolute security, absolute peace, absolute joy. Not, don't have to be anybody that you're not because He already knows who you are and you embrace Him and everything that He is. Because thank God that we are not dependent upon our own righteousness because there's no such thing of making it to heaven upon my own righteousness, right? We are, have all fallen short of God's glory, every single one of us. So when you come into that place of, of, of presence of God, you remember how good He is and how much you need Him and how you will forever be reliant upon Him. 2 Corinthians uh, 12, 9 says this, And He said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities that the power of God may rest upon me. And that was, you know, again, part of my story, realizing that His grace is sufficient in every scenario that we go through relying upon Him, you know, when you're weak, you are strong when He is at work in your life. Amen? Amen? Amen. And so, um, yeah, I've just learned to completely and utterly rely upon God. And I veer away sometimes, of course, and I begin to go back into patterns of, hey, I got this, I can carry this. But then I'm always reminded, you know, very often, go back to the presence of God and come and find your rest, come and find your place where you can worship at His feet. You know, Jesus became and is always going to be a necessity, not an obligation. It's not, you know, I'm not, I'm not obligated. It's, I, I, I need Him. Amen. I cannot function without Him. And this song, Fine Rest, came from a place of brokenness and dependency on God. And Joe kind of shared how she wrote the song. For me, I was, funny enough, I was on my forklift, and um, just broken and, and trying to connect with God in the confusion and the fog that I was feeling. And, and words just came. 
and you've begun to sing the song over and over again, and then, you know, words just kind of come, and they make, they make sense in your spirit, you know, because your spirit is crying out to God, and as you begin to try and, you know, navigate this, God's giving me His navigation tools, don't get me wrong, but as we go through these seasons where it feels like we're in the fog, you know, He allows us, by His grace, to articulate words from His Word that will help us come out of a season, and that will be a salvation song for the rest of our life and a testimony for anyone who wants to listen to say that, you know, true rest, true peace is found in Him. So um, I hope this can bless you. Teach me, Lord, and I will follow all your ways. It's all I want to know. I want to be close to Jesus, my dear friend, in fellowship with Him. Find rest in the perfect love of God. Find rest for His grace has overcome. Find rest in the hope that is God's Son. Find rest and trust what He's begun. And teach me, Lord, and I will follow all Your ways. Oh, I want to know. Oh, oh, I want to be. Close to Jesus, my dear friend, in fellowship with Him. Find rest in the perfect love of God. Find rest for His grace is overcome. Find rest. In the hope that it's God's son. And find rest and trust what he's begun. Find rest in the safest place I know. Find rest under his wings there I will go. Find rest the only place that I call home. At his feet, I am shown. There I am shown. There I am shown. be the same again for your love heals I will never be the same again in your hand I live I will never be the same again for your word is salvation never be the same again for your word is my promise never be the same again for your love 
will never be the same again in your hands. I live and I will never be the same again in your word. In salvation, never be the same again for your word. It is my promise, my promise, my promise, my promise. We'll never be the same in your presence. Take us, Lord, from where we are to where we have to be. You are so sovereign and good. And I will never be the same again for your love heals. I will never be the same again in your hands. I live. I will never be the same again. Your word is salvation, never be the same again. For your word is my promise, my promise, my promise, my promise. Glory to Jesus. We praise you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that we never be the same, Lord God, from the mighty work your son Jesus you take us from where we are and you take us to who you need us to be Lord and we find our true rest and our identity and our peace and everything else Lord God from you Lord God in Jesus name everyone said Amen. Amen.